You are listening to Next Level Conversations Podcast, where I am here to teach you high-level directors, you high-level executives, and high-performer women how to take that internal dialogue that keeps slowing you down to the next level, how to create strategies much faster so that we can get to your bottom line, how to take all your objectives to the finish line so that we can stop repeating the nonsense. Yep, I said it, us. You're already motivated. It's time to get up and get into it. Let's get to implementation. Get into your community, get into your life. There are no more excuses and we are here. Yep, we are talking about the things that no one wants to talk about. We're having hard conversations in order to get to the next level. Yep, I said it, we are looking at ourselves. We're gonna start with us in order to transform our bottom lines. So let's get into it. You know, Tiffany, one of the ironic things, I don't even know if it's ironic, I think it's more um, almost mind-boggling in a sense that I've worked with uh, hundreds of business owners, leaders from different industries, not just one particular industry. And one of the things that I'm seeing over and over and over again is the fact that leaders, owners, people who are leading the way don't often stop to check their own mental health. Oh, and let me tell you what how crazy this could be, because I've seen this model owner over and over again. I've seen a leader have an amazing team. Mm-hmm. And because they have not, for whatever reason, stopped to check their own mental state, they are spinning out of control. And the people that work for them are miserable. And they won't say anything because they own their paycheck. They won't say anything because they own their paycheck. They won't say anything because they believe in the cause. Yes. They're hoping that someday the the owner's going to get it. Yeah. Someday the leader's going to get it. Something will change. Something will change. I've been praying for a long time for him. I've been praying over them and it's going to change. And I just feel it's unfair um, I've been in a position before of of the worker, mm-hmm. and you know we'll all sit in the meeting, and the leader will say, uh, "We're not doing anything else for the next so many days, or we're not going to go do this, and we're not going to do that." And the minute we leave, the leader goes and does it. Yep, and then it causes everybody that works in that company to have to spend to make it happen for the leader, make it happen. I've seen this model in different arenas. I've seen it in the self development industry. Mm, say it. I have. I've seen it where the person on stage, the actual leader themselves, they have not stopped to do their own work on their mental. And so they're creating chaos within their own team. Uh, They'll sit in a meeting and have a certain um, meeting and say, okay, here's the steps, here's what we're doing. And then they leave and they scratched it without telling the team. They created something totally different. Now the team has to move in their direction. But, you know, it's also they create it for their customers. So it's not yes. just the team. It trickles down to the whole company. I didn't think of that. It trickles down to the customers and clients. and They feel it. it they feel it. They either feel it directly or indirectly. They it's either good. feel it directly or indirectly. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's crazy to think that it's just one little thing, but it's the leader. It's big. Tell me this. Uh, do you feel that it's easy? Like, I don't know how easy it is for people to check on their mental health. I guess I guess it's not easy. I guess it's not one. It's not easy. And I think the other part of it is that you don't know where to start or you don't think there's a problem. A lot of times like you're like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? You don't think it's a problem or or you're like, you won't understand. I'm under a lot of pressure. Yes. You won't understand. I'm under a lot of pressure. So then I, I you know what it is? 
they justify it. Mm -hmm. They have a justification for it. Mm -hmm. Check on your mental health. Check on your mental health. It's real. How do you do that? First of all, I believe you have to put yourself first. So that's one thing. As a leader... Like all the time? I think more often you need to get selfish. Yep. Because a lot of times as leaders, we're not selfish. We're busy doing things for everyone else, making sure everybody has a paycheck. But that's our job, though. And that's our job. You know, most people don't even realize that. <clears throat> that's our job. Like, eight, seven, seven to seven, yeah. we are fulfilling for everybody else. Yes. Like, for real. Like, for seriously, real, even real. employees and contractors don't realize don't that. Realize like, so much of what they're that's doing, it. that CEO's doing, especially in a small business. Let me just speak to oh, small yeah. business. They're literally working for the employees and they're fulfilling for them. And that part, paycheck. That's the part, the paycheck. Making sure that no one goes without. It does you're not thinking fall of, from the sky. It doesn't, yeah, and you're thinking the person that works for you, they have kids, you know, their story, this and that, you don't want. So you'll put everybody first. And we should because that's what we do. Absolutely. We signed up What for happens it. with that, though, is that we get in this rut of doing it all the time and we never stop to breathe into our own life. We don't stop to breathe into our own life and and create that space of creativity for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I know that for myself for well. So space of creativity. Wait, I like that. So space (laughs) of creativity. So when you say that, you're saying like a space to take a step back. Yes. Yep. Yep. I take a step back to look at yourself. I went on vacation. I went on vacation with my spouse two weeks ago. Nope. And we went to such and such space and we saw all the things and we were nonstop and we did the tour bus. No, nope. and if you're anything like me, that's you were the one that organized it all. Yeah, yeah, it's not a vacation. <laughs> it's not a vacation. I mean, that's not that's not that's not for you. It's not for you. No, you did that with someone else for the participation of the group. Yeah. Or the the thing. Yeah. If you're really actually taking time for yourself, you're by yourself. Wherever it is, you are alone. A-L-O-N-E. You are alone. You know what I start doing? <clears throat> is my my alone time is by the water. I love ocean. I grew up by the ocean. I grew up in the water. You're saying and that so to make I me jealous this. right now. I just want you to know that was a that was a whole blow. That's my thing. Yeah, I listen, I think about the ocean all the oh, time. Oh my goodness. Just sitting there with nothing, no one. I can hear. I take it in as a leader. And I look at what it does is it also allows me to release the areas that are stressing me. And in that release, I realize I got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I don't do it in that moment, but I real. it makes me real. It makes me stop from the daily movement to say, okay, <clears throat> this isn't going anywhere. It's stressing me. It's causing frustration. And I'm the one in control of it, so I got to figure this out. It's that last part. And I'm the one in control of it. And I am the one in control of it. I'm the one in control of it. The ocean almost allows you to just throw... The ocean almost allows you to just throw uh, it into the water and it gets washed away. But it doesn't go away. Mm -mm. Right? It doesn't go away. It has to be dealt with. I think so, like, step number one is do you actually have a calendar time somewhere where you are alone? I scheduled before the pandemic I scheduled once a month to go Mm. somewhere by myself Mm -hmm. where I had to be in a hotel room with me myself and I and I would do nothing more I did and it was crazy because sometimes it was like Tiffany you had such such but it's like you know well I have to do that fill my own cup so I can come back to y'all and fill everybody else's cup but more importantly I needed to be somewhere that was unfamiliar so that I had nothing but to face myself. So a lot of people will take that strategy. They've heard me teach it from the stage and stuff like that. And then they're thinking, oh, 
okay, great. Well, I'm going to go see my friend. She lives in Oklahoma or such and such. No, because if you go see a friend, then you're still fulfilling a role and you can't really face yourself. If you go somewhere that's familiar, uh, you can't face yourself. So I actually would get on a plane and go somewhere that was unfamiliar where nobody would know me. And all I could do was look at myself, my own thoughts, my own habits, yes. what I did, what I didn't do. And I, I don't want to say be in my head, but just be with me. Very healthy. It's like be with me. Post the pandemic, I probably do this every other month, but I definitely go away for a day in my city. And I used to do this before I made a dollar, maybe 15 years ago. I would drive to a part of town that I don't know and locate a coffee shop. So, like, let's say I live in Phoenix, Scottsdale's 30 minutes away, and I'm not familiar with Scottsdale. So I literally would Google a coffee shop that's I've never been to in an area I've never been to and sit down for the day because I can face myself. The other thing I like to do is go work in hotels. I used to love working in hotels. Some of those hotel lobbies, what? They're beautiful. Don't play. They are gorgeous. They get your mindset in a whole different frame. I know, that's right. Listen to me. Uh So going and working in these spaces where I could go and face myself in that exact same magnitude was literally everything I could have ever dreamed of. But the key is I had to be to my thoughts and I couldn't run away from them. Yeah. The reason why you can't like you can't go on vacation or you can't go to Betty Sue's house is because you're not going to be able to you'll be able to escape. You can't you can't grow if you're constantly escaping. And half of the challenges are problems. And I think what causes that decline, that rapid decline in mental health for a CEO is the fact that we have been running from the problems. And it's like, oh, well, Tiffany, I face most of them. You have to face all of them. We signed up for an all kind of a thing. You cannot face some of the problems. Face them all. And if you still have an employee that's on your team that is creating havoc, but you don't want to let them go because they're really valuable. They've been with us for a long time. He's the number one sales rep and he makes all the money for us. Let them go. That's Mm -hmm. another example of just not not dealing with what it is. Mm -hmm. So, okay, what's next? Hold yourself accountable. It's a little edgy. But this is something that I do. I not only hold my own self accountable, but I've done it so much that now it's habit for me as a CEO. When you come to me as a leader within my company and you sit down and you start complaining, Mm -hmm. I this is just natural now for me. It wasn't always that way, but I trained myself to do this as a CEO. I'm listening at everything you're telling me to put it back on you. And they hate it. But the leaders in my company are learning now. Mm-hmm. They're learning now mm-hmm. a muscle to already check yourself. I'm big on, okay, you complain about this, this person, this person, this person. And then I always say, well, who's in charge of that? Mm-hmm. You are. So then I say, okay, have you trained them? Have you given them or did you just tell them to go do something? Mm-hmm. But have you given them the skill for it, the tool for it, the template for it? Or was it was that their job just to go create the template? Mm-hmm. But did you give them the clear direction? Did you and they can't stand it because they always want me to sit in the problem with them. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I'm not. You can't sit in a but if you have not checked your mental space as a leader, you can easily get caught in the complaining within your own company. You could become your own problem within your own company, the gossiping, the complaining the negativity, because you as a leader have not stopped to do your own mental health work. 
it's almost like, you know what, though? It's almost like I feel like I'm listening to you and I'm like, I feel like every CEO just needs to be proactive in this space. Have to. This job is hard. <clears throat> yes. Yes, yes. We may have signed up for it, but this stuff is hard. It's yeah, not easy. And it's not as glamorous as everyone thinks. It is not nearly as glamorous. <laughs> not even close. All of the problems. Yes. All of the IRS letters, they belong to us. Mm-hmm. All of the state. I'm telling you. Complaints. Every lawsuit. Complaint. There's yes. only one name, it yeah. is, and none of it is fun. Yeah. So I feel like it's all, like every CEO really has to have like a almost like a mental health game plan. Yeah, you do. Like a proactive one, though. You have to have. And I feel that some people chalk it up to, oh, let me go and run and jog and yoga and this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, I think it's a little bit more than that. It is. I think like we're doing drastic things. You can't just combat it with hot yoga on Tuesday mornings. That, you know what that, I'm saying? Yeah. See, those those are ways to relieve pressure. Correct. Those are not dealing with the mental. And I'm going to give you a live example because I like to give people a tangible thing here. Mm, mm. So one of the tangible things around this is <clears throat> if someone, if you have someone in your company that you know is performing at a certain level, they're doing really great, and there's something about them that keeps triggering you, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about, those of you I listening. Know. You have their, they have these personalities that just trigger you. Correct. Trigger you. And then you get that flare up and you're like, what, what was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? And you could feel yeah. it. And you yeah. and you then you're in this place of yeah. like, am I going to respond right now? Yeah. Do I leave this alone? Mm-hmm. That trigger is coming from some space inside of you that's connected to a mental health. It's not a bad thing. Mental health is not a bad thing. Let's be clear on that, too. So when we say the, when we're using this language, check your mental health, it's not a bad thing. No. It's health just like your physical is health. Correct. Just like your money has health. Correct. Your spiritual has health. Correct. Your mental has health. But we tend to leave that out, and that's how we get tripped up inside of our companies. So someone who's doing some amazing things may trigger you, just silly things about them might trigger you. And then if you get triggered enough, you may lose somebody that's super valuable because of the way you've responded to them. Mm -hmm. And nobody has time for that, CEOs. You got to get your mind right so you don't lose your team. So that you don't lose your team. Say that. Yeah, get your mind right so you don't lose your team. I was on a team before that. I left, another one left, another one left, another one left. And the team members that left, I know they were great. Mm-hmm. And it is, I'm telling you, it stems from the leadership. And Always. I'm talking to myself. I'm not, this is not easy. I'll keep myself in this seat because I have over 15 people that I'm accountable to in my company. Yeah. So that means I have to, when I, cause I know, when I get tired, you want to see some mental health? Let's see it get tired. When I get tired, I'm snippy. Like, I, every little thing about you just irritate me, and, and I'm just snippy, and I don't have the grace for you, and I'm super patient. But patience out the window when I'm tired. So I know this about myself. So you know what, Tia does? I will excuse myself from my friends, my peers, the other CEOs I know, the people I work for. I say, you know, I'm taking a break. I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them that. I'm going to let you know I'm taking a nap. I'm going to sleep. Because if I keep going in this direction, I'm going to chop heads off. Yeah, it's going to be bad for everybody. It's going to be bad. It's got to be bad for everybody. But you have to know these things about yourself as a leader because you will end up uh, plummeting and, and just messing up stuff that's really great. Messing up stuff that's really great for no, for no reason. reason. For no reason. For yeah. no reason. For no reason. Mm. Tell me this. Um... If you had, 
if there was like one thing that for you is a must in this proactive, and I feel like I know this is like your podcast, but now I'm like, no, so this is good. I'm excited. Like I'm this like, I'm, I'm trying to create this roadmap because I, even as we talk, like we have each other where we talk to, yes. but you know, it, it was not, it's lonely. Always, it's lonely. It's lonely. And a long time ago, I remember crying so many times, especially I would head yes. to these big wig meetings with Xerox and all these men would be at the table and I was like, you know, I'm probably doing like one and a half million then. But all these white guys were at this table always in these yeah. meetings. And every time I would ask a question, they would make me feel so stupid for asking the question that I would shut up, never say anything else. But I'd run to the bathroom and I wasn't crying, but I'd be so yeah. angry. And then somehow between like two o'clock and 12 o'clock at night, there'd be tears. Yeah. And I wasn't crying because of sadness. I was crying mm-hmm. out of anger mm-hmm. and I was crying out of a different level of frustration. But the truth is that I watched my mental health get worse and worse yeah. and worse. So I became really great at making money or really great at focusing on my business. I can't even say making money. Uh-huh. Right. Like, yeah, we got to two million, but I don't know if it was in a great way. I don't you know, like yeah. I, like it took a lot. And I think to myself. I didn't know what the first sign was. Yes. Uh, that I needed to like chill, sh- sh- shut up and sit down for a moment. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know what the moment was to even know that I was in trouble. And I only say that because I'm, I'm thinking about the CEO right now who's running a 12 people team, five yeah. people team. They just feel like the state that they're in is true to the pressure, what's happening in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like that's not it. No, there's more to this, but how do we know that we're in trouble? Like, what's the moment? You know what I mean? Like, like, I I know what the moment is as I think about people over a long period. But I know that in your expertise, you can just look at someone and know you ain't right. Oh, yeah. What's the sign? Like how how, if I if after listening Uh to this, if I went home today and I was like, am I okay? What's the sign? You've gotten away from who you really are. You internally look at yourself in the mirror and you go, this is not me. That's good. You look back over the things that you did that day. That's actually exactly it. You go, this is not who I am. This is not who I am. This is not me. I may have made five million. I may have made, but this is not me. And then you look at, did you ever, let me ask you this. And then you look in the mirror at some point and part of your physical game has changed. Like for me, I look, I remember looking in the mirror one day and I was like, why am I wearing this banana Republic? Yes. This is not me. And I I, I remember the day I had like five suits, the blue, the beige, because everybody else dressed like that. And I was trying to fit in, you know, and be in that game, push these white guys and I hated these clothes I'm gonna tell you like they were nice suits but that's not me I'm from Miami Mm -hmm. right so I'm looking for my skin tight I'm looking for my big my colorful big hair and I remember looking in the mirror going when did I start dressing like this Mm -hmm. and then I remember answering myself like you dress like this to be like them and then I was like, well, why am I like them? Why do I want to be like them? What is the benefit of being like mm-hmm. them? And then I asked myself, if I were going to go and buy clothes right now, where would I go shopping? And you know what happened? I did not have an answer. Wow. And that's how I knew like how, that's scary. Fa- how far I had gone. And I remember thinking, I used to like, I used to like BCBG. Then I was like, I used to like Bebe. But yeah. then I was like, when was the last time I was in one of those stores? 
And then I realized I was wearing dresses from Casper. And you see, you know, I had to put that word there. Let's have a moment of silence. Let's, let's have a whole moment of silence for that. That's a problem. Yeah, those dresses are $100, but I have no business dressing and I have no business walking in that place. Then it was like all my shoes or half of my shoes were from Nine West. You know, none of them had four inch heels because yeah. I love stripper heels. I love stripper heels because I love strippers. Uh-huh. Go ahead, judge me. Uh-huh. But from where I am from Miami, right, right, right. that's they're, it. That's they're, industry. They're, that's industry. They're beautiful. That's good stuff. Yeah. They can get up the pole. They were like idols in Miami. In good shape. They, they're in great shape. What uh-huh. are we talking about? Yeah. But in Miami, it's okay if they have a little stretch marks. It's yep, okay yep, if such yep, and yep, such. Yep. So I identified. <laughs> now, in this craziness of me talking, it's who I am. It's yeah. what I grew up around. It made me feel comfortable. It's not necessarily about me enjoying strip clubs or none of the above. No. It was my own my own definition from my culture of what I find comfortable. But I had lost myself so much. And being the identity of the type of manager that I thought these people needed to see, the type of business owner in this city, especially because... Like I was in North Carolina. They didn't they were not interested in my no. black behind at all. They made it clear all the time. And I found that when I got there in 2010, I walked into this office. I think this did it for me, but I walked into this office. It's a true story. And I had to go check on this machine for Xerox and they had this serial number I was looking for. And I had these two experiences, but this particular one, this woman, she's in a doctor's office and just visualize the counters like Uh so here and she's looking up and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm looking for such and such. And I'm kind of Miami-ish. And she goes, are you a foreigner? And I remember staring at her for a long time like, What? what? I didn't even know what that meant. But I but she was like flabbergasted like like stuck in this place and I started to question myself and I'm like am I a foreigner what's a foreigner and I went home and I remember because mm. I'm employing people yes I need to deliver about $112,000 every month no matter what because I've signed a contract that says I'm going to do so mm-hmm. and I remember going home and going I need to be more like them I need to be more like them that was I feel like the beginning of the end because it was a moment of me giving away myself yeah. and thinking that in business I'd make more money if I was less me as a CEO, only to find out after five years and millions of dollars later that shit, if I could just be all of me, then all of me would have made 10 million instead yeah. of 2 million. It was like the greatest, what are yes. we talking about? The moment that I started uh, employ- or, and putting myself in the center of the equation of hiring uh-huh. vendors, contractors, and everything like that, I feel like my whole world changed yeah. no matter what business or world I was in. I think that's, that's it. It is like just losing yourself. Yeah. Can you imagine me in Banana Republic? I mean, no. like, can you imagine? You know how painful that was? No. I had all the colors. <laughs> I hate all of the colors, those two-piece suits. I just think about it right now and I feel so angry with myself that I wore those things for so <laughs> long. I'm angry about it. But because... Because it was never yeah. me. Yeah. And I never enjoyed it. Yeah. And I really always hated it. And so all I did was prolong the success I could have had. I also mm-hmm. prolonged. So I want everybody to hear this because this is so important, which is why I got to make sure I say this to you. It's not just about your success. No. It's actually far for it, especially if you're building something big enough for other people to stand mm-hmm. on. And I'm not talking about non-for-profit or a movement. I'm really talking about people. Like I could have made... Yeah the people around me more successful. Totally. 
you know, team members. Like I could have taken them way further if I had just had all of me at the table. Dancing yeah. around what's happening in mental health, dancing around what's happening in my head, dancing around the fact that I was crying at night sometimes, yeah. dancing around those things, dancing around the fact that I felt lonely yep. at the top. Yep. Just dancing around these factual things and just not looking at them or addressing them or or even acknowledging them. Yeah. I feel like it was I feel like that 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 was it. And the beginning of the end was looking in the mirror and going, this is not me. Yeah. I am so glad you said that that's actually first step. That is. It wasn't until the second that I was like, is it really? And I was like, well, she's it's right. It's the first step. She's right. That's this it. This is not me. Because you know it. Yeah. You wouldn't, you're not going to dare say it out front in no. the front. Never. You're not going to say it with the other people. Uh-uh. But you looked at the mirror at some and point you know, and you were like, this is not me. This is not me. The second part, though, is, and I'm not doing this. And I'm not doing this. That's the moment where you make a decision. Yeah, yeah. you have to, because first, it, it's the physical. Just think back for one second. Remember when it was the physical. So the physical first changed, then you started compromising. Say that. Say it. See, the physical changed. Then the next step was, I fit in physically. Correct. Now I'm going to mentally start fitting in with these people. Yes. Knowing good and well, none of the crap they're talking about lines up with you. You're like, Knowing that's stupid. Well, and you're hitting no that's business. the stupidest thing. And these clothes are stupid, but I'm listening and I'm compromising. Compromising. You compromise in one area, you compromise everywhere. Yeah. But that's not why we're here in the first place. Mm-mm. Because if we compromise, we're not leading anybody. Not leading we're surely anybody. not leading ourselves. You can't yeah. lead anything or anybody in a compromised state. Yeah. You cannot. You yeah. cannot, I think that's actually it. You that's cannot. It. Check your mental leaders. Check your mental abilities, your mental state leaders. That is so good. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. I don't even think you can say nothing. That's else. money. Like, I'm done. All right, all right. You've been listening to Next Level Conversations Podcast, where we have had the difficult conversations that no one wants to have. We talk about the things that most people don't want to talk about, and we say the things that most people won't say in order to get things done that most people won't get done. It's time to get up, wake up, get out, and make some stuff happen.